No Jim Harbaugh, no problem. Michigan goes into Happy Valley and absolutely runs all over Penn State. We're going to talk about that, the lack of a temporary restraining order, kind of in standstill as far as that concerns, and everything's just kind of all quiet on the Western front at the moment. But still, Michigan went out and got its most important win of the year, did it without Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines. Let's talk about that and more on this episode of Locked On Wolverines. You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Monday. We're back and doing it. Locked on Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And I, I do want to, before we even get into it, I, <laughs> I want to give you a disclaimer because there were a lot of people taking me out of context from the last, um, the last show on Friday night. I'm never afraid to admit when I'm wrong, but I hedged so hard that that was not done, right? the TRO, uh, I said very, very distinctly that uh, it wasn't, you know, I was hearing from a third-hand source, therefore I didn't fully trust it, and yet I had people running with it being like, oh, you can't take it this guy seriously. I tell you when something's like, you know, rock solid, and I pretty much hedged it. So don't do that, people. Don't, like, listen to the actual words that come out of my mouth for the entirety of the show. Um, but obviously the TRO has not been granted. It, there was a lot of confidence from a lot of people Friday night. My main source was not terribly confident, said that, uh, they would be quote, pleasantly surprised if it went through, which was kind of the opposite of what everyone in the ecosphere was saying. And here we are, Jim Harbaugh still does not have his temporary restraining order, uh, and uh, the Big Ten hired a local attorney, David Knott, who actually has represented me once before. Um, I, I can set, tell you with certainty that I'm not the biggest fan of his. I didn't feel like he uh, represented me happily, even though I paid him. He acted like it was a, a nuisance. It wasn't like I was calling him all the time. It was, I, I really just kind of was hands off. But um, that is why that hasn't gone forth. The judges switch from Timothy O'Connor's to Carol Conkey and then back to Timothy O'Connor's and sorry, Timothy Connors. And it will, there will be a hearing on Friday. We will see what happens as far as that's concerned. Uh, I'm, I'm just not going to tell you all third party sources <laughs> or third hand sources anymore. Uh, what I'm hearing and all of that, because some of y'all just don't even appreciate the discourse. Some of y'all, um, but I guess it's my own judgment for deciding that I was going to uh, to bring that to you. Um, nonetheless, it it was it did not end up going that way, and uh, it didn't end up mattering. Michigan ran all over Penn State. Eight pass attempts were really nine, but one doesn't count because it was a pass interference. Michigan just running, 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 running. Um, a lot of times it was stuffed at the line, but then there were a couple explosives like we haven't seen pretty much for the majority of the year. There's, I mean, it's happened here and there, but you know, going, you know, running the football on third and eleven ends up being a t- twenty-two yard touchdown for Donovan Edwards. Edwards had a couple. Blake Corum had a thirty-yard touchdown. He had another long run. So, I mean, this was exactly the type of thing that you want to see Michigan being able to, you know, as Jim Harbaugh often says. There's multiple ways to uh, to travel. You know, you can go by air, you can go by land, and this time they decided to go by land. 
uh, due to uh, it seeming to be a tough sled in order to pass the ball, uh, just because the time was not going to be there with Carson Barnhart, it seemed in particular incapable of blocking his man. There were some other alarming things that happened in this game, uh, in particular, and I mean, actually, the good thing is James Franklin didn't seem to notice that his uh, offensive line was regularly getting to the second level, at least on first down, and then second and third down, not so much. Um, if I was James Franklin, I would have changed things up, but he, he, it was like he saw what Michigan was doing and decided that I want that for me and just kind of kept going for it that way too. Drew Aller was not, even though he passed for more yards than J.J. McCarthy, he passed a lot more times, and therefore uh, it did not look nearly as good. Then there's the James Franklining of it all, where uh, chasing points, going for two early in the game, which seemed like a bad idea at the time and ended up being a bad idea. Uh, if you're a Penn State fan, you had uh, the the going for it and then call a timeout and then punt, which is, again, excruciatingly bad decision-making. Uh, you had the going for two again, which I, I somewhat defend, but I get the people that don't, and then going for fourth down. Uh, on like the 30-yard line when you've got two timeouts in your pockets and four minutes left. I understand. You were getting down there. It was two, you know, two possession time. But, like, dude, trust your defense at that point. It just seemed like just terrible decision-making. He got outcoached by a guy who was coaching in his second game as a head coach and had found out, like, an hour before the game that he uh, wasn't going to be out there. So what does that tell you? That tells you Michigan's pretty good, number one. There's people that are going to downplay this, right? The same people that were up playing, I don't know, like Ohio State beating them. Oh, best win. Best win of the season for any team. Ohio State beats Penn State. And now it's like, ah, doesn't matter. You have people making fun of Sharon Moore for being emotional after the game. Like, the people who do that, just like put yourself in his shoes. Like, take off your rivalry glasses or your national media glasses and understand how monumental of a win that was for him from, from a personal standpoint, uh, understand that that was, uh, that, that, you know, as much as you feel like Michigan cheated, that's not how Michigan feels that it was a one, lo one lone wolf operation by Connor stallions. And, that the team is being unfairly targeted as a result. If you look at it through that perspective, which is a very easy perspective to understand if you just think outside of your wants and desires for Michigan to be the bad guy, then it's very, very easy to see why Sharon Moore was extremely emotional. And, uh, and it's funny because it was really, I mean, it, it was... I mean, obviously, I like it better than the Ryan Day thing, but those, a lot of those same people thought there was nothing wrong with the Ryan Day after Notre Dame response, where he was asking where an 80-year-old was at that moment. Um, but all in all, incredible win for Michigan. Whether you like it or not, there was adversity, right? Like this, there was adversity on the field, there was adversity off the field, and you can sit there and say, well, it was self-created. Maybe, maybe so, you know, but nonetheless, I mean, this tells you a lot about the type of grit this team has, but it does create some questions for Ohio State in two weeks. And we certainly don't know if Jim Harbaugh is going to be on the sidelines or not. Certainly he'll get to coach the team, but it doesn't feel like the slam dunk that it was before. Now, I haven't really talked to my sources in the last uh, 24 hours-ish, but uh, 
they they said that they would have a better idea today. I'm letting them kind of coalesce, and then I'll check back in with them Tuesday, and we'll have a kind of word thing stand if we hear back in time before we do the show. But all in all, extremely great win for Michigan. They remain undefeated, 10 wins on the year, have a, has a ranked win. Uh, you can no, Paul can no longer say they ain't played nobody. They've played somebody, but he's going to come up with different excuses and what have you. But uh, ultimately, this was a great step, considering, especially considering everything going on. So let's get more into the minutiae. Jim Harbaugh spoke today. We had vintage Jim Harbaugh. He also had uh, some, some revelations of how they found out. And I do have an inside thing that I do want to share that I forgot that I didn't share on Friday. So we're, we're going to go ahead and share that as well. We're going to do that here in just a moment. But before you, we do, you do, <laughs> you're not doing this. It's me. Um, listen, there's so many times that I'm sure that you've wanted to get tickets to the football game. Maybe you were in New York and wanted to see Michigan take down St. John's as they just did. Uh, basketball team's looking really good. Maybe you were trying to go see Metallica this weekend. Uh, I actually sold my tickets. I had tickets to both days and I sold them. Um, large part due to travel, other part just feeling I didn't need to see Metallica again. Uh, but nonetheless, you don't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next event. Game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with last minute killer deals, all in prices, views from your seats, so many different great things about game time. Their best price guarantee being among them. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets with last minute tickets, flash, flash deals, zone deals. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area and most importantly, views from your seat in the venue. I, like I told you before, I went and saw Wicked in 2006. I uh, did not uh, have good seats, had obstruction, didn't realize it in advance. So the great thing about game time is they've got deals on tickets right to the start of the event, even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last minute seats. You can find exclusive flash deals, sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And with zone deals, you pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of an 18% savings. And when you are looking at these very expensive tickets, that's a heck of a lot of money. With the game time guarantee, it also means you'll get the best price always every single time because if you find tickets in the same row or section for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code LOCKDOWNCOLLEGE for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKDOWNCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, so Jim Harbaugh found out about the suspension once he landed. Apparently, they did not have Wi-Fi, or at least no one communicated to him while he was on the plane. He said he was standing there. Someone put an arm over his shoulder to show him on social media. The Big Ten did not get a hold of him directly to let him know that he was suspended. Uh, we already know it was kind of like a punk move, the way that everything went down. Certainly kind of turned uh, a lot of media people's attention. I saw a lot of national media people. You can look on Wolverine's where I compiled some of them, of just people being like, hey, wait a minute. If, if Michigan was wrong, at least punish them wrong. This is kind of ridiculous the way this went down. People that were like, okay, I was all for punishing Michigan, but not like this. Um, so the, they told ESPN, the Big Ten, told ESPN this was coming down the pike and did not tell Michigan. Michigan found out more than 30 minutes later and uh, they were rightfully incensed. I'm told that there's another someone who is incensed, and his name is Mark Silverman. Who is Mark Silverman? Not to Joel Clatt this, 
Uh, well, Isaiah, who's, who is Mark Silverman, you ask? Uh, Mark Silverman is the president and COO of Fox Sports. Uh, he is also a Michigan alum. We've talked about him on the show last week. And, uh, but nonetheless, I mean, it, he, he is angered about all of this, I'm told. But what makes him just as angry is that Tony Petiti never called him to tell him. What was Tony Petiti, the Big Ten commissioner that came aboard earlier in the year? What was he brought in to do to shepherd this network deal? What should you maybe not do if you're Tony Petiti? Anger the person at the head of the network that already is uh, likely talking to Michigan. <laughs> I'm hedging there. No reason to hedge, but some of y'all hate my crypt crypt uh, cri uh, crypticism. I almost said criticism, and then I almost said something else that doesn't make any sense. Uh, but okay, so Mark Silverman has been in communication with Michigan, allegedly. And uh, he is more than upset about how all of this went down. Again, remember, ESPN is, a, even though they have a more of a new arm than Fox Sports, that is a rival. That is a rival of Fox Sports who has the landmark network deal with the Big Ten. And the Big Ten commissioner brought in to shepherd a deal with, uh, with said network decided they were going to go to the rival network and be like, yo, here's the scoop. Now, whoever it is, and there was a really funny, I think it was a Wolverine beat on Twitter, uh, tweeted like, well, Tony Petiti's got underlings that are get, you know, giving this to ESPN, uh, then he should be punished because we all know that the, the head is uh, responsible for the crimes of the underlings and a uh, delicious twist of irony. Uh, but it is a situation that is going to continue to devolve, I would imagine. Can you imagine how Mark Silverman will feel if Jim Harbaugh is not on the sidelines for the Ohio State game, a.k.a. the biggest game of the year? How much will this continue to push Fox and Tony Petiti apart? Because it is my opinion, as much as I told you, hey, Michigan's had these conversations about leaving the Big Ten, I mean, it will ultimately, if this is a sour relationship now, it's probably irre irreparable at this point. Uh, there's no way that Michigan will ever trust Tony Petiti to ever do anything again, right? Like, not even like, hey, I'm coming to your game or anything like that. It's just not going to be the, how that goes. Um, and certainly it's going to be, you know, any event where it's a Michigan-centric crowd, say like the Big Ten Championship, should Michigan beat Ohio State and make it there. It's not going to be a very friendly environment for Mark Petiti or Tony Petiti rather. And um, so I, I think that it's one of those things where it probably eventually will come down to Michigan versus Tony Petiti. Michigan will outlast Tony Petiti, I would imagine. Um, otherwise, I mean, what are you doing here, guy? And who, I, again, I'm ignorant to how the Big Ten operates, but I do know that uh, when it comes to the TV and, and uh, I mean, because Fox in some ways is almost like his boss, right? That's, it, it's just like in anything in sales, you know, you can't upset your biggest client. And in a way, that's what Fox is. So good move, Tony Petiti, for alienating the president and COO of the network, who also happens to be a Michigan fan. So there you go. That's, that's your little piece of inside knowledge. Let's talk about the press conference today because it was super vintage Jim Harbaugh. 
I know this is the light on information. This is what this usually is, right? We're not usually doing a bunch of insider stuff on this show, but we've been doing it for three weeks because we've been able to. So uh, I gave you a little insider nugget. There's really nothing else going on. It's all quiet on the Western Front, as I said. Uh, so this is going to be a little bit more of a normal week, probably, uh, unless the athletic drops whatever it's supposed to drop, which I think is going to take a little bit of time, personally. And uh, we'll see uh, when that happens. But let's talk about Jim Harbaugh's press conference. Let's do that here in just a moment. Before we do, listen, we spent a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits. I'm thankful for that connection that we have. And today I want our chat to be a little more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. You realize that what that means? Bring on extended travel. Bring on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue. You are covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, or Rivatio, Rivatio, whatever it said, prescription. And it is possible because of our friends over at Jace Medical. Go online at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply or your daily medication. Remember to use that promo code locked on at checkout, checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had to say this about Jace. I'm thankful for the service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love would love to get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered to you. Remember to use the promo code Locked On for $20 off of your purchase. Uh, I have the antibiotics kit, or at least I got it and, uh, and, and gave it to Sarah and the boys. Let me tell you, it's a godsend. Highly recommend it. jacemedical.com, promo code Locked On. I'll tell you what, we had mentioned Jim Harbaugh today at the press conference. Uh, this was like 2015, 2016, Jim Harbaugh, Freddie P. Soft style. You can go to my Twitter account. You can see a two-minute video of him talking about his chickens that he owns. He called Michigan America's team, which I know is not going over well. I mean, I, I've gotten some weird texts from some people about how they think that's really odd and don't like it considering that they aren't fans of Michigan and you know, with everything that's going on and blah, blah, blah. Um, you had him talking about his raspy voice and saying that uh, he is the iron wall in which viruses uh, are struck down. Uh, Cornelius Johnson said like, yeah, he didn't have that voice before the game and then he did after. So it kind of seemed like he was just yelling at the TV. Wouldn't really talk about what he had, uh, what he was doing in the, in the interim of everything. Uh, like how he watched the game and all of that stuff. Didn't seem to, to really be interested in that. Just wanted to praise the team. But I mean, we talked for 26 minutes. He was loose. He was good. He just wants to have his day in court, really, is what he's saying. And he also said, like, I always wanted to be an attorney. I watched a lot of Judge Judy. Okay. This is a man who is as loose as possible, right? Now, I'm sure. I mean, I remember the last two weeks we've seen with the typical rival people being like the walls are closing in, look at how weird he is. And it's like, well, that's just him. That's just his face. That's just what he looks like. Okay. But uh, today was just very jovial considering, I mean, he just didn't coach in a game, the biggest game of the year. Uh, he just, you know, is dealing with everything that he's going through. And yet he's out there cracking jokes, super excited to talk about his chickens, which is not something that I had on my bingo card before I saw Grace Harbaugh's, uh, uh, post last night. So it, this is a good situation, I think, in terms of uh, the Michigan head coach who is embattled at the moment to, from the outside world, but not in the inside world, 
is in great spirits. Now, one of the things that he said that it is actually the most important out of all these colloquialisms is he mentions how everyone at Michigan is pulling in the same direction and how hard that is. And that's so accurate from everything I've heard, right? Consider that contract all but signed at this point. Now, I, I don't know the timing of it. I don't know if what, how they're going to handle it, if they're going to, because if you do it now, it's like you're going to continue to exacerbate something, which certainly, I mean, I'm kind of all for to some degree, but at the same time, like get the TRO, get that going, contract after that, and then, you know, go from there. Uh, obviously, you want to be able to finish out the year, not just the regular season, the, the Big Ten. Who knows if they'll just be vindict- you know, vindictive. He gets the TRO and says, okay, now you're, you know, banned from the postseason, whatever. So there's got to be a right time to do that. But he is absolutely right. As, as I think I said, uh, a colleague and a friend of mine had said, if Michigan, if, if no one acted, if the NCAA didn't act, or at least, you know, if they just kind of let this go, if the Big Ten didn't act, you probably don't have all of Michigan pulling in the same direction. Harbaugh probably goes to one of the two teams that are open in the NFL. And not that I believe that 100%. But the two teams that give me pause are the Raiders and the Bears, and they both have openings. That, those are the two NFL teams. And anywhere else, I mean, you start being like, oh, Arizona. You know, he, he brought Michigan to that stadium once, and it's just he just loved his time there. You know, that's the type of thing that was always happening in 2015 uh, with all of this. So now he's feeling the love, and he's telling you he's feeling the love. He's feeling the galvanization of the entirety of the University of Michigan administration, and that is Huge news. So we'll see where that goes from there. Uh, this weekend, I mean, I guess we'll find out if he ends up being able to be at Maryland or not. I mean, that this is not a daunting Maryland team by any stretch. Some of us, like me, were fooled by September Maryland once again. And uh, they've just got their first win outside of the month of September uh, this past weekend. That it wasn't exactly a barn burner. So Michigan should get its thousandth, thousandth win this upcoming weekend and then be undefeated against what is likely to be an undefeated Ohio state because Ohio state plays Minnesota, unless there's some kind of craziness, which certainly, I mean, we've seen Ohio state struggle with Maryland uh, twice last year and back in 2018. Uh, We've seen them occasionally struggle just like we've seen Michigan occasionally struggle, but in 2021 going up against a kind of equal Maryland team, Michigan won what 59 to 18 or whatever it was. So this is a really good opportunity for Michigan to just put the nail in the coffin, play your best football, and go out there. Now, Ohio State scares me a little bit more than it did before, in part because their pass rush is probably not quite as good as Penn State's, but it's pretty good. So Carson Barnhart, you better get ready in a hurry. I don't really want to see. I think that they could probably still do to Ohio State what they just did to Penn State. Push comes to shove. I don't want push to come to shove. I want to see J.J. McCarthy go out there and be able to make big plays and and be a little bit more of a balanced team Uh, because, you know, Ohio State's going to do everything that they can to stop the run. Not like Penn State didn't, but still. And uh, Kyle McCord seems to kind of be finding a rhythm. They won uh, against Michigan State 38-3. I listened to about three quarters of that game. And uh, certainly they could have won bigger just like Michigan did. I mean, it was kind of the same type of game, just moved down the field. The only difference was... Michigan State seemed to cross midfield just about every drive and then stall out. But uh, these seem to be two teams that are playing their best football. I still think Michigan's the better team, but 
your offensive line is only as good as all five put together. Carson Barnhart's great in the run, has was not great in the past in this particular game. Better figure that out because time is running very, very short. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Shorter episode. We'll be back on Tuesday, uh, hopefully with a little bit more inside info. Uh, but again, it's all going to be quiet on the Western Front probably for, uh, for a little bit. So don't be surprised if we don't have any kind of game-changing things. One thing I will add, this is why you pay attention to all, the whole episode. You don't just listen to just a little, little piece. A- again, everything on the Counter Stallions front essentially is done, right? There, there's no, no more bombshells coming out on Michigan side. So anything that comes out that's a bombshell comes out on the other side. Okay? So that's that. All right, we'll talk again soon. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Peace.